it was kind of the first moment I think in my life where I was, um, you know, just kind of confronted with like my faith of like, oh, like there's other people like me are just kind of asking the whys behind my faith. All right, everybody, welcome back. We'll be talking Restoration Club episode nine, Danny. Nine. We're on we're on nine. If I knew other languages, I'd say a number in that language, but uh, I'm I think you're I'm looking for Nueve there. <laughs> Nueve, let's go. All right, good. Well, that's just one. I mean, it's only one language. We could have picked nine, I think. Is that German or is that just no? I'm not even going to go there. I don't even know. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll catch this all in the comments. This should be fun. But uh, we are excited about tonight. Uh, we have a friend of ours hanging out with us here in the clubhouse. Yeah, I gave us the nickname right here in the in the Restoration Clubhouse. And we have got Michael Ward joining us tonight. So everybody give it up, little golf claps. We're happy to have him. Um, Michael, I mean, we know you. But go ahead and give us a little snip of uh, who you are for the rest of the audience. Yeah, cool. Um, well, thanks, guys, for having me. Super pumped to to chat with, with you all. Um, yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in um, southeastern North Carolina. So um, born and bred. Tar Heel in a couple, couple different ways, but um, I, I won't say where I'm from because it's too long of a conversation because um, it's a pretty rural area in southeastern North Carolina. Most people kind of pass through it on the way to the beach, but um, went to school in a small town uh, called Whiteville, North Carolina, not Whiteville, Whiteville. Um, Appreciate the clarity. I, yeah, I've, I've lost a little bit of the uh of the accent um having not been there for since i was 17 or so but um yeah born and raised there and um was on lived on my uh my dad's family's farmland that had been in our family for five generations and my uh my mom's parents my dad's parents were farmers and um they were not farmers. They were the first generation to go to college in their families, as probably most um, were, you know, around that age, right? That that generation. Um, but my parents kind of had this ideal, like they kind of went to college and went off and saw the world, and they really wanted, like, my sister and I, to uh, to grow up where they did and have the same experiences around family and kind of um, small time community, small town community, and um, so we, we got that experience and it was pretty unique. Um, my dad was a pilot for us air and he was based in Charlotte, which was three hours away. And so, um, we probably should have lived in Charlotte, but he, you know, we kind of got the best of both worlds. Like we would, um, travel with my dad, you know, when he would fly and, um, then he would come home to his, his farmland and, um, it's kind of like idyllic lifestyle. So it was a really cool childhood that I had. Um, went off to college and, um, around the time that I was in college, the, um, kind of the business of sports was, um, something that I think people were realizing you could kind of capitalize on. And there were, um, you know, a lot more majors around sports administration, exercise and sports science. And so I, I played sports growing up, um, played golf growing up and, didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but thought that was an interesting career path and wanted to, um, 
you know, find my way, um, you know, back to, back to games and back to sports and kind of be involved in that, um, after my playing days were done in high school. And, um, so majored in exercise and sports science and got a degree from, um, UNC Chapel Hill and, um, yeah, just kind of like started my career in, in sports marketing. Um, and, you know, Danny could tell you, um, you know, some of the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the business of that, like it was booming at the time, kind of in the mid to late two thousands and, um, opportunities were, were endless. And, um, so I did that for, um, about 12 years at various stops in college athletics and, um, you know, went down to Florida and did some cool things with the Florida Gators. And then, uh, about two years ago, moved back to, uh, my home state and, moved to Durham, North Carolina, and um, took a job as the head of marketing and communications for the Durham Bulls. And that was a great experience and um, super fun brand, as most people, if you're familiar with sports, know, like the, um, you know, the inspiration behind the movie Bull Durham. And um, so it was, it was a lot of fun um, working with the Bulls and um, recently just left that job to take a, a little bit more of a flexible role working in marketing for a health tech company, um, in Chapel Hill. Uh, so that's what I'm currently doing. Um, married to Kelly, been married for eight years in January and she's just like the most joyful soul. Um, just super fun to be around. It's always a blast with her. She kind of like draws me out a little bit. Um, and we have twin three-year-old boys, Ben and Chase. And life is what you would expect. It's super chaotic. It's <laughs> everything, man. It's so much fun. It's chaos, but um, uh, we're we're loving life right now, and and things are good. I love that. You know, I, you know, we. I think we've all got young young kids here, um, and I even have a couple older too, twenty one and nineteen years old, and um, the. You know, we look at them sometimes as challenges and times sometimes we're dead tired and we're just worn out. But there's such a joy with those little feet jumping around. My wife, Reem, just took a photo of me earlier and sent it to me of one of my sons is laying on my chest. He's two and he's just recently reading this uh, devotional on my phone uh, to him. And he's there and my son, other son's laying on my legs and he's three and they're just sitting with their dad. And uh, it was such a beautiful uh, memory because, um, or at least a moment we've made there, because hopefully that's a core memory they have, right? Like as a person, I, I haven't talked about this a ton on the podcast, but I didn't really have my dad around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, my parents had divorced when I was young. And so not having him there, I didn't have a lot of those memories with my father that, that are there. And so having those times together uh, are really special to just soak in it, even in the midst of just being like, oh, I'm just... I'm beat. It's been a long day, but it's such a, such a joy to be a dad. You know what I mean? So I, I, I couldn't imagine, I'd say twins. I can't imagine it. I don't know how, you, how do you, how do you pull it off? Is, is it coffee? What What's the key? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love some coffee in the morning. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just think we only have two. So these were our first two. And a lot of people ask us that question and it's just like, we didn't really know any better. Um, it was a complete shock when we found out and, um, you know, kind of an embarrassing moment in, in my life when we found out that, um, it was twins. Um, 
we we were pregnant during covid and so it was like right at the peak uh, or, or at the beginnings of covid um we found out march of 2020 and my wife is super sick and she's a she's a pediatrician so she kind of has a pulse on like what's going on uh with these things and she just knew something was off and so she was like i'm way too sick for um something not to be off here and uh yeah, so we, she went in to get an ultrasound pretty early at like seven weeks and um, I could not go into the office with her. So I was like sitting in the car on FaceTime and, uh, and you know, they, they go over and it's like, oh, there's one heartbeat and then you kind of like slide around and there's another. And so we're like, oh, great. And then I had to like take a second because I was like, wait, there's two? And I think the first word out of my mouth was actually no. Like on FaceTime, I'm sitting here, my wife is holding the phone, just like, you know, the happiest moment of our lives. And I'm like, no, because all I saw was like dollar signs. I saw two colleges, two cars when they're 16. I saw two, you know, just two of everything. And, you know, I have a plan, right? Like most of us, right? Like we, we think it's like, you know, you're going to have a child, maybe in three to four years, you'll think about another one, maybe you won't like, and my plan in that moment was just gone. And God kind of like slapped me across the face. Um, at that time was like, dude, you have no idea. It's, it's not you. Um, I'm, I'm going to bless you with this. You don't know it right now, but, um, it's going to be the best thing for you. And so that's, that's a moment of just, um, that I look back on, I'm like pretty embarrassed about the, of, of my behavior. And I had to, I apologize to her. And she, I don't even think she knew that I said no, but, um, but the um, words as they were flying out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, but we've, I guess we've all had moments like that. Of just, you know, just a little bit of shame. And, um, now it's the greatest thing. Um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine any, imagine it any other way, but yeah, there was like some sticker shock initially yeah. with with um what what are we getting ourselves into here yeah it's not but we funny just didn't talk, know any like, better you know so it's like we had yeah to, exactly like, well, for it. yeah that's a perfect point because like you know if you had a, a three-year-old and a four-year-old like it would be like oh yeah it's the same things end up right it's still two colleges it's still two kids but it's when they're combined at the same time you're in like you said sticker yeah. shot goes in like oh let's double all the expectations that I was already putting on this thing and trying to take yeah. carry the load twice. And but it's cool that we can lean in to the father who gives us comfort, wisdom, guidance to, to be exactly who we're supposed to be in those moments. And then here you are, like you said, you guys are like, this is all we know. There's like, it's not, it's not as crazy yeah. as everybody has out to because you, you were just in it. So that's really awesome, man. Yeah. And I think God's like, this it, father has been great. We could probably talk about this for hours, but like, it's, um, you know, it's like exposed a lot of, um, you know, my sin in a way, um, my, you know, lack of patience, my, um, selfishness, you know, on down the line. Cause I think when you see it, when you see it with your spouse, it's one thing. And when you're dealing with your spouse with, you know, um, you know, an issue you're having or, or a sin that's getting in the way of your relationship. But then when you see it in your kids, like there's just so much more of like an innocence that how it affects them. And, um, you know, they're just so much more impressionable. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's been, 
it's been eye opening for me. Each day is new. Each each um, each day is a new challenge. But um, but man, it's like it's the greatest blessing. It really is. It's so awesome. I was going to say, I'll just jump in on that. As soon as you were hitting on it, it reminded me, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, my spouse and I were in the middle of an, an argument last night thinking kids are asleep. Everybody's in bed. We're, we're just kind of having it out over whatever. And then all of a sudden our oldest like pops in to the kitchen and we're like, oh no, like that's not, not what we wanted to have happen. And then realized he was sleepwalking and had no idea what was going on. So we at least averted that conversation, but um, no, you're exactly right. I think it, it just exposes so much once you add kids to the mix, but you already started to hit on it a, a bit. Michael, I was curious based on the last three years of you kind of hitting on somewhat transition, career change, moving geography, um, finding out you're were, you were pregnant during COVID. Did you feel like entering fatherhood was more of a an anchor point in the midst of so much changing or... Did you not even have a lot of time, I guess, as you said, to, to think about it? Or were you kind of looking forward to it once you got past the uh, the initial two heartbeats there? Yeah, we. it's funny. That's a good question. I, I'm not sure if I've thought about it that way. We, we were we were looking forward to it. I think we were ready for, for children. We had kind of reached a point when we were living in Florida. We, we had lived in Gainesville, Florida for 10 years. And um, we kind of reached a point professionally and I think personally too where um we felt like there was a very defined um kind of beginning, middle and end in our story there. Um and we kind of reached, you know, for a better part of a year kind of some uh some endpoints, some things we were seeing and um yeah, I think we we had we had talked about children and we we were ready. Um but yeah, I do think like in some storms of just like uncertainty in life um even though we were looking at you know various places to move closer to family um you know having you know um you know that that anchor of fatherhood i think was pretty was pretty impactful and pretty important um it certainly didn't like make things less complicated but i think if anything like it helped us kind of focus in on like what was what was most important it's you know it's our relationship with god and um you know our relationship with with our family keeping our core unit of four wards together and um you know and and running on all cylinders like if things were getting in the way of that and i think if um we were feeling distraction in any areas of our life like we um we tried to be very purposeful about um, you know, managing expectations with people or, um, you know, um, just being purposeful with our time. So I think we, if anything, like it made us focus in our efforts a little bit more and, and communication more as a family and things like that. You, um, kind of a shift in our convo here because we're here right now in this moment and looking at where you've come from and and kind of you've landed in this moment right now, how did you connect into Restoration Club? Like, how do you, how are you sitting here today in the sense of how'd you connect here? Um, yeah, with our boy Danny Christensen there, the, the third member. I've heard of him. Um, Sounds like a good guy. Yeah, he's a good dude, isn't he? He's a good dude. No, so Danny and I actually go way back. Um, um, Danny's one of my older friends, actually. Um, it's a great story. I'll try not to be too long-winded, but 
I met Danny when I was the summer after my senior year of high school. Um, and Danny was on a mission trip with um, Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, and he was working at a Polo Ralph Lauren factory store. Shout out to Polo Ralph Lauren in Myrtle Beach. Um, and I was home. Uh, I, yeah, I lived near Myrtle Beach. I grew up near there. And uh, one of the one of the kids who went to school with me had a job there. And she was like, hey, like, I can get you a job. And um, I was looking for work over the summer and just um, was an easy easy job for me. Um, and I was like, Oh, Polo, that's pretty cool. Um, you can out, outfit my, my wardrobe for the next few years. Um, and so I met Danny, like Danny was, was down there with a group of college kids for the summer. And it was super interesting. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the church. Um, my family, um, you know, most of my family were Christians and I was kind of raised in a Christian home and, um, it was kind of the first moment I think in my life where I was, um, you know, just kind of confronted with like my faith of like, Oh, like there's other people like me are just kind of asking the whys behind my faith. And, uh, that was a really fun summer getting to know Danny and kind of staying in touch over the years. Um, I, you know, um, everybody probably listening knows Danny's background, but, um, we, as I progressed in sports, uh, the business of sports, like Danny had kind of a parallel career. Right. Um, and you know, we just stayed in touch over the years and a couple of years ago, you know, we were just chatting one day and, you know, he was like, I, I might be having something come up that I want you to be a part of. And, um, you know, that was kind of the first conversation I had, um, with him around restoration club. Um, and yeah, like just invited me to the builder's cup. Um, Builders Cup won. And fortunately, like we were living in, we had moved uh, to North Carolina. So uh, I got to go down and I was working for the Durham Bulls at the time. And so my schedule just wasn't as flexible. So I was not able to, to make the whole cup, uh, but was there at Southern Pines. And that was a really cool day. Uh, I think for me, um, my memories of that were, um, you know, really just like spending time with you, Danny, like reconnecting because we hadn't seen each other in years. We, you know, chatted via text and just kind of kept up, but it was a super cool kind of four or five hours to, um, catch up with you and then really see, like, I kind of thought about that day as like, um, just this birth of something, um, you know, looking back on it, uh, I, I wasn't there for three days, but I kind of like dropped in and just, saw like all these guys from all over the country um with a similar vision and just similar purpose and um covid was still going on a little bit at that time so i think people were kind of looking for an outlet and um that was a, that was a super cool day for me um just being able to like uh reconnect with you danny and just um ryan i think we met on the range and like even at the halfway house at southern pines we like chatted a little bit um and uh, yeah, that was kind of like my entry into Restoration Club initially. Cool. I was gonna say I'll, I'll interject with my side quickly, and yeah. I won't be long-winded either. But it's funny. I was thinking about it somewhat today, knowing we were gonna talk with you, and I uh, tried to embrace the fact that we've reached the age now where even when we say, "Oh yeah," like we go way way back. And you would not think way back now is 18 years, but, but it's, I, it's not 18 years, which is hard. I've my life, dude. Isn't that wild? <laughs> That's pretty crazy. 
So awesome. now we, uh, yeah, to, to Michael's point, we, we had five guys that summer. We all had full-time jobs. That was kind of part of the requirement of being a part of this trip. And, um, it was really just a, a ministry opportunity to get to know people locally and in, in, in the community. Um, and so I had the opportunity to, to come alongside a, a lot of people in peers, Michael's age, and got to hang out with him a ton that summer. Um, some intense pickup basketball. I'll throw that out there. Michael's a baller. Yes. Um, I don't think I got to see him swing a golf club outside of maybe like a, an evening lit part three outing. So the fact that we were able to get him in to, uh, to Southern Pines as part of Builders Cup one was pretty fun. Um, I don't know if I want to claim that I enjoyed having him in my cart and making me look bad all day, but the, the conversation was more than enjoyable. That's for sure. The, um, with that, um, Michael, how, like, you know, we talk about Restoration Club being this space around golf and for men to connect and kind of find this point of direction for them and have a, a community of men around them as we travel through the golf space. Um, why is it golf for you? Like, what is it about golf for you? And maybe even where's your root in golf? I know you mentioned playing when you were younger. When did you start? And then how did it, how did golf keep staying the thing for you? Yeah. Um, initially, golf was kind of a fourth sport for me, um, which became a third sport. So I went to a really small uh, school and um, we, I grew up playing basketball and played soccer, kind of um, going into middle school and played baseball. Baseball was kind of my first sport that I played. But as I was getting into middle school, I really just, um, just kind of grew out of love with baseball. And for some reason, there was a, uh, our, our principal, um, you know, ma made a deal with uh, one of the golf courses, um, you know, down near um, the Ocean Isle Beach area to have middle school kids go and like take lessons, uh, hit on the range and then play a few holes during the spring. And I had chosen to not play baseball. I think that was the first year. I was probably maybe eighth grade, I think. So I was 12 or 13. Um, and it was the first year that I hadn't done that. And so my dad was like, well, you got to do something. Like, you can't just not, you know, be active or, you know, you're not going to like sit at the house um, all spring. So I was just really interested in golf. And obviously it was the time where, you know, Tiger's coming around and the late nineties. And so it was like, Oh, golf is, um, let's, let's try this thing out. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I did that, that spring and it was like me and five or six other kids. And, um, I just kind of stuck with it. So, um, yeah, my, my entry into golf was, was middle school. And then I've kind of pulled my dad in and I pulled my uncle in and, um, that was kind of our little, like our group. Um, my middle school and high school years, every Saturday morning we would go play. Um, so my memories of golf are just like with my dad, with my uncle, um, you know, playing Saturday mornings and then going to have lunch after talking about the shots you hit. Um, they kind of, you know, started playing with me and they developed this love for it. So it's super like, um, you know, familial for me. It's just, um, I just have such fond memories from my start into golf. Um, you know, as I look to now, I think, um, I, I you know, I've, I've stayed with it. Um, obviously I don't play as much as I want to because of, um, you know, life circumstance. Um, but, um, 
yeah, I just, I, I've always kind of thought of golf as like, um, you know, I think since, since I've been an adult, it's just a great um, opportunity to meet people. Um, you know, you can tee it off with someone who you don't know. And then in like nine holes, like you can be close friends. Um, obviously like in, in my line of work, like networking was, was important. And so, you know, being able to play, like play golf, I was invited to golf tournaments cause I was like the guy in the office who, who played golf. And, um, but it, it was, it became an outlet for me to like build community over time. It started out, you know, as a family activity and just some like core memory from my formative years. And I think over time it's developed into a little more, um, you know, um, community building. And then I think the, the flip side of that is, um, you know, having space to, um, you know, be reflective on the golf course. Um, you know, there's days where I enjoy going out by myself and playing nine holes or getting on the range for 45 minutes and just feel, um, just feel super at home out there. Just, it feel it's, it's peaceful. It's tranquil. Um, you know, I just feel like I'm, it, it's a space where I can, you know, think at my best and, um, I'm certainly feel closer to God on the golf course outside in nature. Um, so I, I enjoy the community building aspect of it. I enjoy like, um, you know, playing with my friends. I enjoy like meeting new friends and building relationships through the game, but you know, just as much, like I enjoy just solitude and peace. And, um, you know, I think part of that maybe is I'm, I'm probably not the most extroverted. My wife is probably an extreme extrovert. She likes to tell me that, I'm an introvert. I don't know if that's fully true, but um, I'm certainly less extroverted than her. Um, so I just enjoy, you know, some space to kind of think and cast a vision for, you know, um, whatever else is coming up in my life and just kind of be, re be reflective too. So there's there's kind of the, um, you know, both sides of it that that I really enjoy. Michael, I was going to say, maybe that's why we get along so well. I'll go ahead and set you at ease here. My wife is extremely extroverted and I've yeah. embraced the term that I am an extroverted, extroverted introvert. Right. Uh, so that's what I, yeah, that's what forced, I say. Forced extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in our house, the, the fun part is we're both like my wife and I are like out of the ordinary, both extroverts. It's pretty annoying being around the house, house but is, we'll take you anywhere. And you're going to have a good time. Yeah, it's all there's always something going on, but every, but it but we have learned um as the years have gone on to kind of like we really you know most people you know an introvert will uh recharge by being alone and extroverts typically get energy from around people and her and I are kind of like morphing into that together meaning like when we're together by ourselves because we're still with someone it really helps us kind of reset our energy and it feels really good and that kind of thing and I, I'm learning as I get older, even that I, I kind of enjoy those. Let me go out and just play nine by myself, or let me go in the backyard and hit the net and just not even about the ball. It's just about the quiet and looking at trees and checking out the grass beneath my feet or making a really cathartic moment and look at it and just go, Oh, this is, this is, this is good. You know? So I think that's what's cool about it. Totally. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, Danny, I know you're there. I don't know if you've done this yet, but I'm looking forward to, to taking the kids out. I mean, they've, they've shown a little interest. We've got them some clubs and um, haven't quite like made the leap to taking them to a driving range yet. Like I'm just, I like, I play that out in my head. Like, how's that going to work with two boys, you know, people, 
balls flying everywhere. Like who's going to, you know, go to the ER, like, how's that going to work? Um, but yeah, like I, I, I want them around the game. I think, um, it was just so impactful for my dad and I's relationship. Um, especially when I was in high school when I probably wasn't like the, you know, best kid to be around sometimes, you know, like every, every, you know, teenage kid is moody sometimes. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, the next few years of hopefully getting my kids out there and, um, you know, building some memories with them. Michael, you talked about being maybe, maybe somewhat of an introvert, but when it comes to the game, because I agree with you, I think there's a, a recharge process of just being still out there and enjoying being out there. Um, I feel like one thing that I take away or have taken away from the Builders Cup events or other events that we've done or just being intentional, Ryan and I or other other guys locally in Charlotte getting out to play together, which is our hope for everybody involved in this thing, is to get out and to be intentional. Um and, and speaking to us, knowing each other 18 years, I th- feel like we've kind of picked up exactly where we left off every every few years or so, which has been fun. But I think in terms of building those types of relationships, you know, I feel like depending on interests, a lot of default for guys is is talking about sports or like finding one common ground. And I feel like when it comes to a shared faith and then beyond that, like being intentional to understand each other's families and how you're building community and career and everything else that comes along with that. I feel like when I've been to our events, it feels like people are coming with an intention to not just, Hey, I get to go play some golf with other guys in your mindset. Maybe even if it was out of the comfort zone somewhat, did you come with kind of a a plan for yourself or a goal for yourself of um, this might look a little different, but I know I'm coming with a purpose and, and maybe that speaks to some other guys in terms of their headspace of wanting to get involved in this thing, but kind of, how do I do that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yes. Um, I think one of, one of the cool, um, one of the, the things that, um, you know, I was intrigued with, uh, obviously was certainly, I was like, if, if Danny, if Danny's owning this thing, if, if he's, if he's on board, like I'm on board, like I, you know, I I'm there. Um, and and so i think that's number one you know it was just kind of my initial thoughts but two like and i heard wes say this on the podcast it's like you know i was looking for some some friendships too um that was that was an element of it too where i have kind of like different pockets of friendships um just because of life circumstance it seems like i've got you know some close friends in florida i've got close friends spread out uh some friends from college um but you know, not really like a core group where I'd take 12 of my best friends and we'd go to Bandon Dunes or we'd go to Pinehurst or wherever. Um, and I'm not saying like, that's what this is because it's so much deeper than that. But I just, I really wanted to be on the golf course, a place that I love with like-minded people who had a like-minded faith. I think that's probably at its simplest and whatever came out of that. Um, I was, I was super pumped about. And for me, like, I think I mentioned this is like the first builder's cup was a little bit of like, like a dip in the water. It was like, you know, kind of t- um, put the toe in and be like, Oh, what is this? Um, it was a little bit of like a, a birth of something. And I felt like I missed some connection because I just wasn't able to be there. And I was just, I was really bummed about that. And I, you know, had some good text conversations with some guys and some good, chats that came out of that but i was like man like i i missed something and so that's why i was really pumped about last month's 
uh, second builders cup builders cup two to be able to be there the whole time and be able to like stay at the old church of pinehurst and like you know sit around the table with with the guys and just go on a deeper level and you know ryan playing with you at tot hill or for at uh talamore the second day getting to know jared murbitz um you know at talamore um just spending like super quality time with with um guys who have gone before me and kind of like can can bring some wisdom to me um yeah so i don't know if that answers your question but i was looking for you know guys who were like-minded um you know who had who you know, came from all over from different backgrounds um but just wanted to play golf and share their life and share their struggles and be open and real and um i think golf gives you that opportunity right like you've got four to five hours and um you know yeah you could talk about the weather you could talk about sports for four hours but uh, i've done that and it's like you know it, it gets kind of stale after a while um so there was something different about um you know my time at southern pines with you guys a couple years ago certainly the you know the interactions after and then builders cup too it, it you know, I I walked away from all of those events, meeting people, seeing them for four hours or for 24, 48 hours or whatever it was, and feeling like I was really close friends and, and really um, just really tight with some guys. Um, and just, you know, I know that, Ryan, if I had to call you or text you, if something was like going south in my life, like you'd be a guy that I could call. Same thing with you, Danny. Um, same thing with so many other guys. Um, so yeah, there's something different about it. Um, uh, I think we all know what it is. It's like, we share, uh, we share Lord and Savior, man. And like, so, um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my take on it is it's, it's bigger than golf. It's bigger, it's bigger than us. And, uh, I'm, I'm pumped to see like where it goes. You had me at just another quick story. Dunes. That's all I heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, just another quick story on that. So at Builders Cup 2, two there's a guy named Shane Wood, who you guys know, who joined us. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong. So Shane, please forgive me if you're listening. Was in Montana, recently moved to Arizona, I think, was is his story. You got it. Um, you're tracking. I played with him. Ryan was in our group at Talamore yep. the second day. So I rode with him. And I had met him at Tot Hill. We had like some side conversations the night before. We talked, you know, that that night um, after the round. And I was just like, man, this dude's coming from Arizona. Like, this is this is legit. Um, so I was super pumped to to play with him the following day at Talamore. We instantly bonded because he had you know love for college basketball. So we started talking about North Carolina. He's a big Gonzaga fan. So we, you know, we started talking about that. Um, he, I noticed he had a head cover and it was just like beautiful head cover. It had a cross on it. Um, it had like a hands praying. Um, it's just this beautiful design and the company, the name I'm blanking on, um, I think it was called Hatch is the name of the company. They make kind of custom head covers. And I, I don't even remember making this comment. It was definitely a throwaway comment. But I just looked at it and I was like, dude, that's an awesome head cover. Like, that's super sweet. And three weeks later, I get a package in the mail from Goodyear, Arizona. And I'm like, 
I don't know anybody in Goodyear, Arizona. I don't even know where Goodyear, Arizona is. Have my name on it, everything. And so I'm like, oh, this is weird. So I open it up and there's a note and it's like, hey, Mike, um, I had so much fun at Builders Cup 2 with you. Um, you know, it was great getting to play with you at Talamore. I, uh, I remembered you made a comment about this head cover, about, you know, the cool design it was. It's called the Resurrection Cover. Is the name of the head cover. It's a putter cover. And uh, it's called the Resurrection Head Cover by this company. Um, and I thought you would need it more than I was because you liked the color. And it was it was kind of like a Carolina blue or like a light blue. Um, and he was like, I thought you, you could use it more than I could uh, because of the color. He said, and he was like, praying for you and your family. Can't wait to play again soon. And I was just blown away. And like, I, I texted him and I don't know if it even came across, but like how special that is to me, like it immediately went on my bag. It'll stay on my bag. And I will always look at that head cover and think back to Talamore, back to Builders Cup and just Shane and I like sharing a bond and building something together, uh, building a relationship, having known the guy for just a few hours. So that's like, that's Restoration Club, man. It's just guys coming together and, and supporting each other um, and doing it for a bigger purpose. And so, yeah, I definitely, um, I I struggled to accept that one because I was like, man, this is like, I don't know. I was just like really honored uh, to receive that. And um, Shane's a good dude. So shout out Shane, if you're, if you're listening, yeah. you're my guy and can't wait to play with you again, man. Shane wow. Wood. There you go. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, I mean, you just... You just filmed an unsolicited commercial for Restoration Club right there because that's, I mean, it's just the truth is, um, you know, I think the thing that it really it is about, you mentioned the shared faith piece. And the reason that the shared faith piece is so important is that all of these men are all desiring connection, right? We want to connect with our father. We want to connect with other men. That's, that's the key. And it's that, Dan, you mentioned the word earlier, that intentional piece. And so when we are intentional and creating good relationships, right? Because we can all have relationships, but about having good ones that are reciprocal. And it's not just energy vampires they're taking or we're taking from them only and all this other stuff, but it's this together bond. I think that that for men in general, um, and I speak, I hope I can speak for the entire existence of all of us, <laughs> that, uh, that we really crave you know, uh, uh, to be heard. We crave to be seen. And just a package arriving from wherever Goodyear, Arizona is, which I'll have to Google after this. It's it's and a suburb of Phoenix. I looked it up. It's a suburb of Phoenix. That I can do. That, that yeah, I can do. Phoenix. Yeah, shout out, yeah. shout out, Phoenix. <laughs> uh, but it's that it's that piece that like you just mentioned that little thing, and he felt the prompt, and he put action to it, and that's exactly so what this is, man. Yeah. So cool. That's man. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, Shane Wood again. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, What are you doing interviewing me? Please interview Shane. Like, why, <laughs> why am I here? That's how I feel. Why am I here? Like, Shane needs to be be here. It's my guy. As soon as you That's were awesome. talking about your experience at the most recent Builders Cup, I started racing through my head of the people that were there, and you started talking about where people came from, and my head immediately went to Shane. And I don't want to, in my head, I was thinking, I don't know where he's going to go with this, but I love that you shared that story. It's amazing. But I was thinking too, you know, I'd love to, and I'm sure we will get Shane on here, but yeah. he was one of the first people that I saw when we were there. And obviously based on my involvement, I, I generally knew everybody that was there for the most part. And he was one guy I had no idea. And so I went up to him on the, the putting green prior to the round at Todd Hill and 
was just curious, hey, you know, how, how'd you come to get here? And he, I think, had followed, you know, our co-founder, Jeff Marsh, um, online, as most people do, based on his photography. Um, but, like, that was his connection. And he knew that this was going down. And the guy picked up from Arizona, young gun Shane Wood. Um, I think he's only a, a year into marriage and just said, you know what, I'm going to go, going to go do this thing. And same thing. I mean, I think he was one of those guys, as we talk about intention, that was like, I'm going to, I'm going to leave from this, not feeling like, oh, I just had a great golf trip. Um, yeah. I think he was just very intentional and, and over the time that he had there. And I know we talk about this a lot, Ryan, with other guys too, that, um, we want to be intentional of creating those types of cups and events to send guys away feeling like, you know, they're, they're, the storehouse is filled again, if you will. Um, but the hope is to go back to your respective communities and to, to re reconfigure the same thing. Um, but I love that guys, Michael, like you, um, in the Raleigh area and guys like Shane in Arizona, guys like Kevin in Chicago are now able to say, Hey, I got guys in Charlotte and guys, you know, all over the place, um, based on this, but I want to, I want to do it here too, which is pretty fun to think about. Um, Michael, I had to ask too, I know you did a short stint in, uh, in Chapel Hill. I just saw our guy, uh, Billy Richards drop some, some legendary shots of, is it the Finley course? Did, did you have a chance to, yeah. to go play that one while you're there? I haven't. I haven't played Finley yet. Well, I've I played Finley a ton in college, um, and played it a ton last year. Yeah, they were under renovation um, for the last year. They did a lot of uh, interesting things. So Davis Love, who played at Carolina, um, did the redesign. They had to clear some land for the golf team, so they took out two holes and they added some new holes. It is a is a pretty incredible redesign. Um, yeah, I love Finley, um, but I haven't, haven't played it yet. It just opened up a couple weeks ago. I've been been trying to get out there, but I haven't been yet. Nice. We're just we're just up the road. Just call us, man. We're ready. <laughs> Come Let's on. <laughs> you can you can uh, you can stay here. We you might have to bunk with the boys, but listen, it's life well. already. That's nothing new. I was gonna say it's nothing, yeah. nothing new. <laughs> yeah, you're familiar. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Go, hey, Danny, I know what you're about to say. Why don't you go ahead and tackle that one? I was just going to say, course aside, destination aside, Michael, uh, our favorite our favorite question from every episode, what is your favorite memory on a golf course not involving a golf club? Yeah, it's a good one. Um, you know, I had, had to put some thought to this. And, um, you know, I, I have to, I think I associate, you know, favorite kind of, uh, memories with, with different seasons of life. I think um, the first one is kind of like tongue in cheek, but um, I was working at the University of Florida in their sports marketing office, and I was leading the marketing efforts for the baseball program. And um, if you're familiar with college baseball, Florida baseball is incredibly successful, probably the most successful program of the last 15 years. Um, we won the national championship in 2017. And that year, we um, so we were marching to Omaha, like we're, we're, um, I think we're playing Wake Forest in the, in the super regional, in the clinching game to get to Omaha and our star pitcher, our number one pitcher, Brady Singer, who's now pitching for the Kansas city Royals. He, uh, got caught in a rain delay. If you know anything about baseball, it's like he was out there pitching for two innings and then June in Florida, heavens opened up and you know, you're going to be like, 
an hour to two hours minimum in a rain delay. And so his arm's going to get uh, a little tired. It's going to get, um, it's going to get, um, you know, a little stiff. So he, he can't go back out to pitch. And so that's like a pretty big disadvantage for us. So the TV cameras caught him in the rain delay, like as we're coming off the field, saying some like pretty choice words, um, just like super frustrated. Um, and it was like a pretty memeable moment. Um, it's, it's out there if you want to see it, but, uh, he was not happy with umpires, with TV, with everything. He was just super frustrated and a fiery dude. So fast forward, we go on to win that game. We win the college world series a few weeks later. Um, the next year I'm kind of thinking up like marketing ideas and like my brain immediately is like, let's go back to Brady and see if we can recreate that moment where he just like lost his mind. Um, but let's do it on the golf course because I had learned over the summer that all the pitchers would go out on Monday before Monday was like their off day. So they would go out to the university golf course on Monday and they would play like nine holes. And that was like kind of their off day thing. And so I kind of had these little nuggets and I'm like, okay, cool. Let me see if I can use that. So I got our, um, a production company together and we like developed this idea for a spot along with, um, two of my buddies who I'm super close to, um, our, our PR guy and our uh, video guy. Uh, we developed this idea for a spot where the sprinklers turn on, on the golf course, like the pitchers are playing and the sprinklers turn on and Brady's like about to hit like a, like a 20 foot birdie putt. Um, and his pitcher buddies are like chirping him and like everything. And so as soon as he like takes the putter back, the sprinklers turn on and he just like loses his mind. So he like starts throwing clubs. He's kicking a bag. He like takes a shirt off, takes his hat off and just like storms off and really like made fun of himself and like super, uh, took it in stride and like hammed it up for us. And that was our TV spot for the whole year that ran in Gainesville and Orlando. So the idea was like just this pitcher off day, kind of poking fun at Brady, um, losing his mind on, I think the, the game was on ESPN two or something like that. So losing his mind and, um, I had to get some clearance from like several people to do that, to kind of have our, you know, potential like top 10 draft pick, like just make fun of himself. So that whole day we filmed on the golf course was like one of my favorite memories. Cause I was with two of my close friends. I had, you know, these guys who would go on to pitch in major league baseball with me and, um, you know, a, a close associate and colleague of mine at work. And we were just out there filming for like two hours and it was just a blast, man. It was like some of the most fun I've had just um, uh, being out on a golf course without a club. Um, so that was one, like that was just a super kind of tongue in cheek. And the other one I think kind of goes back to my dad and my uncle who I grew up playing with, um, talking about UNC Finley, the golf course again, Danny. Um, my, uh, my aunt, my uncle's wife passed away when I was a junior in college kind of suddenly, um, and, uh, kind of like threw our family for a loop. Like it was, she was someone who held the family together. Um, you know, kind of was always like, you know, trying to get us together for dinner for, you know, holidays and just, she loved all that stuff. Um, and she passed away and I was actually in summer school up here at, at UNC 
and my dad had not played Finley. My uncle had not played Finley. And so uh, about three months after she passed away, um, we took a day where we just played at Finley. And it was a really cool moment. Um, you know, I, I remember playing like pretty bad, <laughs> um, but that was not what it was about. It was about um, my dad, my uncle, um, just kind of like, I would say it was like a period of three or four months of grief um, that we were kind of closing um just being able to get out on the course for four hours and be together and just enjoy each other's company uh and kind of reflect on uh her life and um i vividly remember a picture that we took at the starters um stand there at finley and when i had an office i don't have an office anymore but when i had an office it was up in the office and it's i have it somewhere here at the house but it was like a super prized photo and that was just like a prized moment for me of just like being with two men who who helped raise me and kind of closing out just like a tough tough period in my family and um i just that was like a a really like core moment on a golf course that you know didn't involve hitting a shot um it's just being there with them kind of like soaking it all in so two kind of very different uh very different memories but yeah but those are powerful in, in both layers like just the first one's cool, and I think it's just a, a great use of your creativity and your brain. And the second one, just your heart piece and that. And I'm even in the moment here of our past 30 or so minutes of reflecting back, you saying how you got your father and your uncle into golf in general. You know, that, like you were in it, and then they got into it. Next thing you know, here's this full circle moment where you get to kind of create this healing time uh, of just togetherness uh, that's a really powerful a powerful piece. So kudos to you to follow that, that, that lead on that and connecting that all together. That's really cool, man. That's the key to this thing, man. It's, it is not that big of a world. You know, the only thing that's big about it is we have a big God and we have the opportunity to be living this thing together. So here we are all connected in North Carolina and people across the globe listening to this thing is such a powerful thing to recognize that being a part of this club is all inclusive and we all get to be a part of it. And really have some amazing opportunities to connect with one another. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks. Mike. Ooh. All right, guys, that was episode nine of the restoration club podcast. Loved having my guy, Michael Ward, Mr. Ward on the pod. Uh, if you guys have not seen this podcast on our YouTube channel, if you've only heard the audio one, you have to watch this one simply because you got to catch Mr. Grammatico stash. That that's, that's number one. <laughs> And then uh, we, haven't, we haven't had too many guests that have gone uh, no hat Cantlay. I don't know if Michael was protesting anything on that one or not, but it's I, I didn't want to bring it up in the in the episode, but I did notice no hat was one of the first ones we've ever had. So I'm, I'm intrigued to hear about it. Exactly. He makes it look good, though. But no, we appreciate yeah. him. We appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, make sure you you tune in uh, to upcoming episodes. Check us out everywhere you can catch the pod as well as the YouTube channel. As I said. Check us out on Instagram, restoration underscore club, restorationclub.co. Go grab some merch, uh, pop into the Discord channel if you guys aren't on that app already. Uh, we got chapters all over the place. Feels like we're still adding them. Love to see it. Hope you guys can meet up. Keep us posted. If you guys meet up locally, we want to hear about it. We'd love to give you guys a, a shout out. Take some shots too uh, while you're out there. But appreciate you guys. And until next time, Ryan, keep swinging. Keep swinging. <laughs>